Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right, welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all who you meet along life's journey. So listen, in our last episode, we stated that many Bible students agree that the primary application of the four horsemen of Revelation or the four horsemen of the apocalypse is that these horsemen describe the history of the Christian church, starting with the beginning of the proclamation of the gospel in the first century and ending with the activities of the Christian church in the Middle Ages or in what we sometimes call the the dark ages in other words the activities of the four horsemen of uh, the, the four horsemen of revelation illustrate how as christians when we have sought to carry forth the mission of the church satan has uh, often tried to oppose and even to hijack the activities of the church throughout the centuries and so in our last episode we unpacked the meaning of the first horseman of revelation and we stated that the first horse horseman represents the people of god in all history who faithfully proclaim the biblical gospel of jesus christ the ride of the, the white horse therefore represents the powerful and the rapid expansion of the early christian church throughout the known world starting in the first century or in the apostolic age uh you know revelation expert john paulian uh he he writes that the, the white horse does not end with the first century rather the symbol portrays in a general way the progress of the gospel during the entire christian era and so for this week i want us to try to unpack the meaning of the second horseman of revelation and for that we want to go to the book of revelation of course to revelation chapter 6 and we're, we're going to be looking at verses 3 and 4 in particular uh revelation chapter 6 verses 3 and 4 and there john writes when he jesus opened the second seal i heard the second uh living creature saying come and see another horse fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth uh, uh, that people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword and you find that in revelation chapter 6 verse 3 to 4 and so who or what is represented by the second horseman of revelation chapter 6 again friends we don't want to speculate right we don't want to spe speculate never want to speculate right we want to allow the bible to interpret itself and so notice that in the gospel of matthew uh in fact in matthew chapter 10 verse 34 to 36 jesus gives a very important clue of how we should interpret the prophecy of the second horseman of revelation chapter 6 notice what jesus says there in in matthew chapter 10 verse 34 to 36 he says do not think that i came to bring peace on earth i did not come to bring pre to, to bring peace he says but a sword for i have come to set a man against his father a, a daughter against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be those of his own household that is matthew 10 verse 34 to 36 and so immediately we we, we can see that the that several uh symbols mentioned in the prophecy of the second horseman there in revelation chapter 6 are also referenced there in jesus's words in matthew chapter 10 do you see that are you guys actually seeing that now notice carefully that the the ride of the second horse takes 
peace from the earth and carries a sword. Also in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus he states that, do not think that I came to bring, bring, bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So do you see that both passages are powerfully connected they're powerfully linked in other words they are talking about the very same thing all right both talk about a sword that takes peace from the earth uh, and so what does all of this mean uh, and by the way what did jesus mean when he said that i did not come to bring peace but a sword did jesus come to our planet in order to I mean, that's what he came, right? Didn't he come to our planet in order to, to, to establish peace on earth and to extel, extend goodwill to all humanity, as it says there in Luke chapter 2, verse 14? And, and so the answer is yes, that is still the ultimate goal. But notice that what Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 10, verse 35 to 36. He says, For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, will often bring division. It will bring division in families, communities, and even countries. But why would this be the case, right? Isn't the, the gospel of Jesus supposed to unify people? It's true that the gospel will unite true believers with God. However, if the enemies of God are opposed to the principles of the gospel, uh, this will cause division with those who embrace the gospel of Christ and those who refuse to do God's will, right? And so this is what Jesus meant there in Matthew chapter 10. And, and this is also the message of the second horseman of Revelation chapter 6. And so as Jesus explains there in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 to 36, and as history bears out, the proclamation of the gospel of Christ will often bring division and opposition in households, in communities, and even among nations. Friends, it has happened in the past <laughs> and it will continue to happen as long as the true gospel of Jesus continues to be proclaimed in this world. Uh, there will be communities, there will be people who will be opposed to the proclamation of the gospel, right? And so uh, understand that as the first horseman proclaims the truth of the everlasting gospel, he's followed by a second horseman who symbolizes the opposition and persecution that the Christian church often faced during the ages. And so the great sword, which is the second, uh, which the second horseman carries, it, that is the word of God. Uh, notice what the author of Hebrews writes there in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and, and, uh, joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. And so the ride of the second horse corresponds to the period of persecution that was unleashed on the Christian church by the Roman empires, starting about in the year 100 and extending to uh, 313 AD. Now, by the end of the first century, almost all of the apostles had been martyred, right? Roman empires such as Nero, Domitian, and Trajan, they were trying to save paganism in the Roman Empire. And, and the result was that thousands of Christians were massacred for their faith. The Christians who would not renounce their religion, they were mauled by lions in Roman coliseums. Others were beheaded. Some were crucified or burnt at the stake. In fact, tradition tells us that the Apostle Paul was eventually beheaded in Rome and that the Apostle Peter was crucified upside down. You may, re uh, of course, you'll recall that the, the prophecy of the second horseman states that the, the horse was fiery red in color. 
right? And when you think about it, a fiery red horse is an apt symbol for the spirit of persecution as it represents the, the, the blood of the saints that was spilt. Uh, uh, so you may have heard about this, but the, the final and the, the most vicious onslaught carried out against Christians was the Diocletian persecution, which lasted from 303 to 313 AD. Now, in the book of Revelation, Jesus foretold this event in his letter to the Christian community in Smyrna. You find this in, of course, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 to 11. Uh, and there, Jesus tells the believers, do not fear any of those things which are about, which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Uh, you will, and, then he, and then he says, you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. And you find that in Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. And so uh, Bible students know that a day in Bible prophecy is often used to represent a literal year, right? Therefore, when Jesus told the believers that they were they would suffer tribulation or persecution for 10 days, he will, I mean, he literally meant 10 years, right? That is extending from the year 303 to 313 AD. And so during the reign of Diocletian, a movement arose that was intent on reviving the old pagan religion in Rome. It was believed that Diocletian was persuaded by his adopted son and successor Galerius to exterminate the Christian religion from the empire. Uh, you, you see the gospel of Jesus, the, the Christian religion was taking hold in that city, in the city of Rome, and the enemies of God, they were very much opposed to this. Uh, in fact, uh, church historian Bruce, Bruce L. Shelley writes that imperial edicts followed, commanding officials to destroy church buildings, prohibit Christian worship, bur and burn scriptures. Bishops were rounded up wholesale, imprisoned, tortured, and many put to death, while the power of the imperial throne was turned loose to wipe out the rest of the Christian community in blood. And so the message of the second horseman is very simple. The message is this. The proclamation of the true gospel of Jesus will often bring opposition or division, right? As long as the true believers are proclaiming Jesus in this world. There will be division. There will be opposition. There will be a pushback by the enemy, by, by, the enemy, by Satan, right? That will, you'll always find that to be the case. And that is the message of the second horseman. And so friends, uh, as a Christian, you may find yourself sometimes being persecuted by family members or people in your community or even your own countrymen. People may ridicule you because of your Christian faith and you, sh you shouldn't be surprised, right? However, Jesus says that if we remain faithful even unto death, if it comes to that, we will receive a crown of eternal life. That is the sure word of God. That is the sure promise of Jesus. You know, in, in Matthew chapter uh, 10, starting verse 26, Jesus says this. He says, don't be afraid of those who threaten you. Don't be afraid of those uh, who want to kill your body. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body. Everyone who acknowledges, acknowledges me here on earth publicly, he says, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But Everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. So, and then he says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, he says, but a sword. Friends, the darkness of this world does not embrace the light that the gospel of Jesus brings. Because the true gospel of Jesus exposes all that is evil. And so evil will always try to push back 
at righteousness in this world, right? But fear not, says the light of this world, who is Jesus. He says, uh, he says, fear not, my friends. I have overcome the world. Light has overcome darkness. And we say, praise be to God for that. Listen, this same Jesus, the great overcomer, the one who loves us, has plans for us. In fact, he tells us there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, he says to us, listen, I know what I've planned for you. I have plans uh, to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. When you call out to me, he says uh, in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you will come to trust him and that you will choose to live by his way, by his word, and not your own way. And I promise you, if you do, your life will never be the same. Listen, as I part, I just want to encourage you to remember to uh, to like, to subscribe, and to share this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, of course, you can also email me. My email address is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have additional questions, uh, if you have prayer requests, uh, listen, I also have a, I have a book called Knowing Tomorrow Today, uh, Glimpses of the Future That Will Change Your Life. In fact, that was the book that inspired this podcast. And so if you email me, I will actually send you a free copy, electronic copy of that book. Listen, may God continue to bless you. I'm Merrick Brown. Until next time, stay blessed and stay well. Stay